It's time for the Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. It's Thursday, May 19th, 2016. We have 12 vessels on today's Columbia River ship schedule. In our marine weather forecast, we have northwest winds, 10 to 15 knots, backing around to the west in the afternoon as a weather system moves through. And today we'll talk about a kind of a creepy story of an empty ship that washed ashore off the coast of Africa with no one on board. But first, a look at our ship schedule today with ships that do have lots of people on board. We have uh, nine inbounders, one in the Astoria anchorage, and two outbound ships heading downriver and out to sea. Our first arrival in the river is the new boundary. Arriving from South Korea, headed for Vancouver's anchorage, she's going upriver to pick up wheat. She'll pass Astoria around 3.30 a.m. You might see her in Vancouver by 9.30 a.m. The Clipper Phoenix is leaving, is arriving, rather, from China. She's headed for Vancouver's anchorage. She's going upriver, though, to the port of Portland eventually, since Vancouver is right next to Portland on the river. She'll uh, pass Astoria around 7 a.m. and arrive in Vancouver by about 1 o'clock this afternoon. The Fairmaster is a, uh, a ship arriving from South Korea. She's headed for Vancouver's Anchorage, but she is headed for the shipyard at Swan Island. So perhaps that ship is coming in for some kind of repairs and maintenance. She'll pass Astoria around 7.30 a.m., and you might see her in the Vancouver area by about 1.30 this afternoon. The Siang Tan is uh, a bulker. She is arriving from Everett, headed for Vancouver. I think her cargo might be copper concentrate. She will pass Astoria around 8.30 a.m., and arrive in Vancouver by about 2.30 p.m. Algam's Vision is the name of the next inbound ship arriving from Mexico, headed for Rainier. She has gypsum on board. She will uh, pass Astoria around 11 a.m. and arrive in gypsum in, in gypsum in Rainier at the U.S. gypsum plant across the river from uh, Longview by about 2.30 p.m. The Galileo is a bulker arriving from Japan, headed for Astoria's anchorage. She's going upriver to pick up wheat. She will um, arrive in the anchorage at about 3.30 p.m. today. The Eva Bulker is arriving from South Korea. She is headed for uh, the port of Astoria. She'll be loading logs there, and she will arrive there around 7.30 p.m. today. The King Yukon is arriving from Seattle, headed for Vancouver's Anchorage. She's headed for the port of Portland to pick up soda ash. She will pass Astoria around 8.30 p.m., arriving in Vancouver around 2.30 a.m. on Friday. The ATB Dublin Sea is our final inbound vessel for the day, so far at least. She's arriving from Anacortes, headed for Portland, petroleum in that barge. She will uh, pass Astoria around 9 p.m. You might see her in uh, Portland by about 3 a.m. on Friday morning. In the Astoria Anchorage, the Sunny Royal is awaiting orders, and in our outbounders, the Argent Hibiscus is leaving Portland, um, and the new Everest is leaving Kalama. She's carrying wheat, uh, departing around 4.30 p.m. and passing Astoria outbound around 9.30 p.m. Well, more on our marine weather forecast. We have wind waves 3 feet at 4 seconds apart, west swells 8 feet at 12 seconds, and showers are likely. We have some kind of weather system moving through the area today because you see that northwest wind shifting around to the west in the afternoon as that system moves through. Well, I came across an article online on the G-Captain website uh, last week about uh, kind of a creepy story, kind of a, a disturbing story, put it that way, about an abandoned ship that just washed up on shore, nobody on it, no indication of what had happened to the people on it. And uh, I thought it would be interesting interesting to talk about this because it actually, um, at least ships being abandoned like this or left with no people, at least not the original people on them, is not as unusual as you might think. If you've ever read a book called The Outlaw Sea, it's a terrific book all about what goes on outside, um, outside the 200-mile limit and also in places in the world where... Um, law enforcement is not perhaps as good as it could be. Um, some pretty 
outrageous to us, uh, outrageous to anyone, things happen on board vessels sometimes. So I'll read you a little bit of this story and then tell you what I think might have happened based on things that I've read about this sort of thing. An abandoned oil tanker has mysteriously washed ashore in Liberia, leaving officials scratching their heads as to how it got there and what exactly happened to its crew. According to local reports, the vessel emblazoned with the name Tamayo One was discovered washed up on a beach in Roberts Port, Liberia. That's, uh, I think, last week sometime with no sign of any crew. AIS data from marinetraffic.com, that's that site that I've, I've told you about many times where you can track ship traffic on a map of the world, shows that Tamayo One is a 63-meter oil products tanker flagged in Panama. Its last known position was recorded back on April 22nd as the ship was steaming southward just um, 0.7 knots at just a 0.7 knots, that's pretty slow, after leaving the port of Dakar in Senegal. Speculation over the ship has ranged from abandonment to piracy, although the vessel's last known position was well north of active Gulf of Guinea pirate groups who typically stick to the waters off Nigeria. The article goes on to say that uh, the fire of uh, what looks like evidence of a fire that took place um, in the captain's quarters was discovered when people got on board. So, you know, I've always thought that ships, vessels in trouble are among the most tragic things. You know, vessels that are sinking, there's something terribly sad about seeing a boat in trouble, a ship in trouble. And there's something about that for me, too. I just think, wow, what a... What a story there is here, and we don't know what it is. So based on things that I have read a lot about piracy and simply ship theft in certain parts of the world, here are some ideas that I have came up with have come up with about what might have happened to this ship. Well, somebody probably stole it from the people who were operating it originally. You know, and doing that is not as complex as you might think. Um, relatively simple if the ship is unarmed. You chase down the ship with small boats, throw some grappling hooks and ropes over the side on deck, scramble up on board, murder the crew, and then take over the ship. Now the idea in doing this would be to take the ship somewhere, create fake papers for it that look like you own it, whoever you are who stole it, and then deliver it, deliver its cargo and get the money. Now um, problems with this sort of thing, it's been done and has been done successfully, the people who steal ships like this are generally not experienced crew. Somewhat experienced, of course, because they know how to drive the ship. Um, but if something goes wrong, then the people on board may not know how to handle it or to operate the ship despite problems. Now, ships encounter mechanical problems all the time. We see this on the Columbia very occasionally when a ship will run aground. Usually, it's some kind of an engine failure problem where the ship was going in a particular direction. Uh, the engine failed. It just quit. And the ship then continued going straight. They couldn't steer it because they didn't have any uh, any power, and ships will run aground. That is often the cause of, of groundings here on the Columbia. So some of these ships that come even come into to the Columbia are old. Um, ships in certain parts of the world, like off the coast of Africa, maybe not very well maintained. So the people on board, especially the engineering staff who work below decks, are extremely experienced people usually, have spent their lives doing this kind of work. And they know how to fix most things. They know their ship. They know what might go wrong, and they're anticipating it. And on one ship that I traveled on, uh, they were even able to fabricate parts on board in a machine shop below decks. They had just some really amazing folks. Something broke. They made a new part for the engine and put it in there until they could get to shore and get it repaired with uh, what it really needed. So um, chances are this ship was older, not maintained well by the company that owned it. So if these people got on board, murdered the crew so there was no one there to help them who knew the ship, 
if this ship developed engine trouble, if there was a fire in, in, in somewhere on the ship that damaged some of the ship's controls or any of the systems, any kind of trouble that would prevent that ship from operating, then the people who took it might suddenly be on board what mounts to like a giant paperweight, you know, a big thing. They can't do anything with it, and it's now um, adrift, and they would be in danger of being discovered having stolen it if anyone realized that the ship was out of control. So they may have left the way they came, probably on small boats. This left, then, an, a large, unlighted ship drifting in shipping lanes night and day uh, until it finally washed ashore thanks to the natural currents and the surrounding waters. So there you go, a story from... Uh, an area of the world where certain parts of the waters off Africa are well known for piracy. This area where the ship was found is not, but that doesn't mean that it wasn't some sort of a piracy activity that caused this, the ship to be left adrift and empty in the ocean. You've been listening to The Ship Report, the show about all things maritime. I'm Joanne Rideout. Thanks for listening. You can find a podcast of this program on my website at shipreport.net. Have a great day. <laughs>